Well, welcome to Like Flint Radio. This is episode 75, The Corona Show. We recently rebuilt our website and I thought to celebrate the relaunch, I would invite the old crew to come and join me. And what else would we discuss other than the coronavirus? The only topic in town in 2020. So in this episode, I'm joined by Andy, Cruzy and Cliff to take a light-hearted and sometimes serious look at the big Rona. To offer something slightly different from the norm when it comes to discussing the coronavirus, we look at how it has affected us personally. So you're going to hear personal points of view from Australia, South Africa and the USA. Before we get started here, let me tell you, if you want to hear all of our previous shows, they are all available at www.likeflintradio.com. www.likeflintradio.com. Now there, if you want to contact us, you can hit the contact button and contact us if you so desire. So to celebrate Andy's hard work in rebuilding our website, he now is the LFR crew with the Corona Show. All right, so here we go. All right, well, welcome to the show. Welcome to Like Flint Radio. And now we have four of your hosts. You've got me, GK. And on the line with me from Cape Town, we have Andy. Welcome to the show, Andy. Long time, no talk. <laughs> no, very long time. But it's great to be here. What's doing? What's doing? I'm sipping some coffee on a lovely Sunday afternoon. It is afternoon here. And, um, and, um, I've invited Cruzy to my little place for the first time since I've been here, so that's been really nice. Okay, so let's talk to Cruzy. All the way from Cape Town, we have the man himself, Cruzy. What's doing, Cruzy? Hello, GK. I'm happy to chat to you guys again, and uh, I promise not to wear my mask on the show. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But then again, we... Can, we might get a co- co- corona computer virus. Right. Okay, so... Be so, careful. <laughs> social distancing, 6,000 metres. Okay, well... Actually, I'm, crazy. I'll, I'm um, sorry. I'll add a... I'll, add a um, I'll just put a mask on my microphone now. Um, okay, and <laughs> also... Don't all... to get sick now. Are you six, six feet away from your mic? Oh, uh, yes, 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 two metres. Um, so that's why yeah. I have to yell a little bit. Yeah. And, and and just to let you know, Cruzy, because I know you're there with your coffee, I'm here mm-hmm. sipping on my Ruibos. Ruibos tea? I, I actually am. I actually am drinking it. All anyway. the way from? South Africa. Ah, uh-uh. there we go. It's the next best thing next to coffee. It is. Um, but yes, I am. I'm drinking that because it's um, reasonably late here tonight and I don't want to have uh, any caffeine and now, um, now I will say it in the Australian tongue, Rui Boss, right? Doesn't have any caffeine, so it's good for me at this time of night. Um, I'm going to find out. We've got someone else on the line with us there. All the way from the great state of Illinois is Cliff Garner. Welcome to the show, Cliff. Have you got coffee, Cliff? Hey. Yeah, yeah. I hear you loud and clear. How's things going? Uh, not too bad. I'm uh, I'm drinking my coffee. Uh, I I just got up a little while ago. It's yep. in the morning here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and the, the coffee tastes real good. <laughs> it's uh, hitting the spot. Yeah, because it's uh, 7 a.m. for you, and it's 2 p.m. for the Cape Tonians, and it's um well you know thereabouts, and it's uh, after 10 p.m. for me here. So we're in three very yeah. separate time zones. So this this should should be a bit of fun. Um, so we. We want to talk a little bit about the 
the coronavirus because, you know, it's the topic of the year 2020. Hey, maybe when 2020 is over, we can go back to being normal, but I doubt it. Um, so I just want to... <laughs> like we were ever normal. Well, that's right, Cruzy, exactly, especially people like you and me. But um, can we can we kick off? I want to ask each of us to share a little bit about how it's affected us personally. And I don't mind kicking off. I'll go first. One of the major things that has affected me and my family, and, and I guess it's happening with a lot of people, is that um, here in Australia, um, each of the states have got different rules. And um, so you really have to be up on um, what what states have what rules in effect if you're wanting to travel or go across the border. I'm not too far from the border, but but they now have here um, they have what they call border bubbles, right? And people that live on the border uh, have these special passes that if they live within a certain distance of either side. So I'm in Queensland, so we're talking about the Queensland New South Wales border. And what they do is they have these things, they call them the border bubble. And if you live on the border, like within a, I don't know, I'm not really sure, but it could be five or 10 kilometers or whatever it is of the border or actually how it's done, it's on postcodes. Um, then you have a special permission to, you know, go either side of the border, but within the range of the other postcode that's opposite, if that makes sense. So they've got these mm. border bubbles, but what's affected us the most personally is that we, have been wanting to visit friends and family in a couple of other states that we had plans just as the coronavirus hit. Now, since then, our Queensland state borders got locked up even tighter. And um, so we haven't been able to go across the border because I live close to the border, but not close enough to be in that bubble. So what happens is for us, if we leave our own state, when we come back, we have to go into 14 day um, isolation. But in a government-sanctioned hotel that we have to pay. And it's about $2,800, and we have to be there for 14 days. And I think it's $2,800 for one person and like $1,000 for the second person. So it's just say it's me and my wife. If I go over the border and come back to my own state and I haven't been anybody anywhere, I haven't seen anybody, it's going to cost me about $4,000, and we're going to be locked up in a hotel for two weeks. So I, I'm not going anywhere, right? But we really want to visit friends and family in the southern states and we just can't that really is the biggest issue that we have personally faced um everything else has been fine um we haven't run out of toilet paper i'll let you know um we haven't <laughs> <laughs> we haven't we haven't run out of coffee or Rui boys we haven't run out of anything um because uh not that we were stocked up before this thing happened but it's just that we you know we shopped when we were allowed to shop and we got you know because there was limits on things you're allowed to get and we just lived within in those limits and that was all okay and uh my wife had to work from home for a while uh and that wasn't actually too bad because we don't mind each other's company some other people would think oh no i don't want him her home with me but we actually enjoyed it and um, she did get her work done I'll let you know I didn't annoy her too much but the biggest thing is not being able to travel and we still cannot travel okay we personally because you know you got to have a special exemption to leave the state um, now we can travel anywhere within the state that we want to at the moment we can go anywhere and it's a very big state um, it's probably oh, I don't know three days drive from one end to the other if you really just jumped in and just went for it um, you know, it's a couple of thousand kilometers from one end to the other and, you know, a couple of days drive, I suppose. Depends how many hours you can do. So it's a very, very big state. We can go anywhere, but 
we've really wanted to go uh, south. So that's what's happened for us. So that's the personal thing. That's how it's really affected us. But I wanted to ask the, the three of you. So I want to kick off with you, Cruz, if you wouldn't mind telling us how it's affected you personally. I was just going to say um, just a, a preamble there, uh, if that's the right word. Okay, we live in a state of confusion here in South Africa. Um, and just for the record, Cliff, he's in Illinois, so he lives in a state of anarchy. So, um, <laughs> it's true. So it's, so it's nice speaking from a third, first world country to Cliff there in Illinois, in the third world. <laughs> I'm just joking, obviously, Cliff. Um, like we've been watching the news. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, in any case, not to get too political, but yeah, things have been tough there. Um, our, our lockdown, our lockdown, I think in certain ways, that is the rest of the world. And I think in, in other ways, it was worse. Uh, we were also not allowed to travel. Um, obviously, as far as I know, we couldn't travel between provinces as well. Um, our businesses were closed, so pretty much all of us had to work from home, those who could. Uh, I, I obviously couldn't, so so uh, so I did lose my job eventually. Um, so yeah, it's 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 had a profound effect. Um, I had to move out of my flat and so on, but things are gradually gradually imp- improving. The the thing with South Africa that made us a bit different is I don't think for the most part we knew um, we had any actual structured plan. Go. We had a we had a five step plan I think but nobody ever knew when the president was going to uh, announce a new a new update what stage we were it was just sort of uh, you just wait till he speaks again and that's it and hope for the best so we had a five stage plan and and uh, the lower the number goes the better it gets but you never know when you're going to go anywhere um, there was no set time that he was going to speak not as far as I know and he can uh, can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but for the most part, I think the people have taken it very well here, um, compared to what I've seen online in different parts of the world. People have been very calm about it and, you know, obey the law and just do what you have to do. Um, and yeah, kudos to, to the South Africans about that. I don't think there was any rushes for toilet paper or anything like that. Um, but being South Africans, I think everyone made rush for brandy. Because um, that's more important than um, obviously, but yeah, that's pretty much my uh, my private experience with it. Um, any questions? Fire away. <laughs> there will be test afterwards. I know. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm taking notes. Um, <laughs> no, I just say okay. No, that's that's a good rundown, and it's no good that you know that you've um, uh, lost your job. Because that's very personal, right? You've lost a job, and and um, so Andy, let's throw it to you. What's happening in your world? What's happened to you personally? Um, well, it's been a really, it's been an interesting time because um, well, we went into lockdown quite early, I think, um, and uh, there were a lot of um, kind of let's say <clears throat> just like yeah, in the news and stuff where. They felt that South Africa had actually been too early to go into lockdown. But actually, in a way, I think it's also because, remember, I think where it hit the world, like let's say Europe and all of those areas, they were going into summer, we were going into winter, 
And, um, you know, and so I think they just were really looking towards winter and flu in general and all those kind of things. So lockdown came quite quickly and quite severely to begin with. And I think most countries that follow that kind of five-level plan, as Kriti mm-hmm. was talking about, there are a number of countries that have been following that. So we have just recently um, come down to level one. <clears throat> In fact, today is level one, as of today. So um, we've, we've gone through this. I think we went into lockdown around, I think it was the 18th of March. And um, I was already in a quarantine at that point. So I had already been working from home for a week because my two bosses had been uh, exposed to COVID. And so, and they were both tested positive. So that made headline news. And um, <laughs> not me, but my bosses. So that made headline news. And um, so because I had at least had uh, some contact with them when they didn't know that they had COVID, we kind of went into like a kind of week before the lockdown was announced. Um, let's just say, you know, in case of isolation. So we never knew we had it or anything. And I never really felt anything major. I had it some very, very low flu symptoms, but it didn't really affect me. And my colleague who had a hug from my one boss who got it really badly, um, yeah. he also didn't really have anything at that point. But um, for me personally, it's been great because I've been able to work from home. I'm still working from home and um, I've really, really loved it because I didn't have to leave home at 20 past five in the morning to get into town. And um and kind of worked those hours, and I didn't miss three hours traffic, and I didn't miss all of that stuff. So it's been actually such a pleasure to be able to work from home. But I also know that I'm one of the privileged few. So that I do, I really do take that into cognizance. Yeah, it's one of those things, because um, there are some people who, um, well, there's a lot of people I know personally who have benef- benefited from the coronavirus, they, they say that they're better off financially. They say that they're better off uh, time-wise. Um, they've got so many benefits, but then you've got a lot of people, there's others I know, who, like Cruiser, you know, they've, they've actually lost their jobs or they've had their hours reduced. So they're definitely in this thing, there have been winners and losers. But um, I'm hoping, uh, Cliff, I want to throw it to you, and I'm, ho- I'm hoping you're one of the winners in this. But anyway, tell us how, how it's affected you. <laughs> Personally, mate, how has it affected you personally? Well, over here, I, I actually remember the date that they shut everything down. It was uh, March 15th, which is kind of I'm, – I'm really bad with dates. <laughs> so it, it's remarkable that I remember that. But but it, we, we kind of knew it was coming. Uh, well, well, I hadn't been working at the college for a while. I got docs, I think, over there. So I've been working at, uh, at, uh, at the, the uh, school for the uh, special needs kids. And uh, two years ago, I had because uh, I don't have a spleen, I I had gotten uh, gotten very sick from the kids there, and it put me in the hospital and about killed me. And uh, so that was something that was like, okay, I better watch this. But the fear that was that was over at the school was just really amazing. And there were a lot of people that were just scared to death. And, and it's because, you know, the special needs kids, you know, they can't help themselves. So they'll sneeze right on you and stuff. And so, you know, we had people running around putting masks on and wearing gloves. And 
just all kinds of stuff, and the paranoia was really high. So when they shut it down, we we kind of felt it coming anyway. Um, I, I think a lot of other people around the country were a little bit shocked that uh, we were kind of expecting it. Cliff, were the, were the masks, were you guys wearing masks pretty early then, were you saying, at your job? Oh, yeah, yeah, they were wearing them. They were wearing them pretty much when, as soon as people started talking about the coronavirus in China. Um, there were, there's a couple of kids that were from, uh, their families were Chinese and, uh, and they were, you know, in contact with people over there. And, uh, uh, and that, uh, that kind of triggered it off kind of early, you know, just pretty much as soon as they started talking about it, you know, the, over, you know, the, the political thing over here was, you know, you had all the Democrats saying, oh, go to Chinatown. And, well, we, we didn't have that. <laughs> uh, Springfield doesn't have a Chinatown for one thing. And, and, and I'm afraid they got hit really hard, uh, the, the, the Chinese restaurants, even before it got kicked in. And um, actually, they're doing pretty good now. Um, I don't think any of them shut down for good. But, but I know there was a lot of fear. Uh, personally, I I don't know. I, I guess there's something unshaken with me, you know. I've been through so much, so it, it, especially since I got sick two years ago, and um, that uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm looking at it going, okay, well, if it gets me, it gets me, but but I I, I don't think it will, you know. And it, it, I, I found myself uh, doing, you know, all the distancing stuff at first you know with the, with the mask but I, if i if i can help it i don't wear a mask anymore um i i do carry sanitizer with me and i, and I do use it and uh you know i wash my hands more than i used to you know it's just something that it's, it's easy you know um i don't uh i don't really hang out with too many people anyway so social distancing isn't that big of a deal uh, now with me, I, I, I've had a couple of people in the family pass away, and that uh, you know, the, there's no funerals, you know, mm. all that. Mm. Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, church uh, is another thing that really uh, got affected, especially here in Illinois. In fact, uh, there was some constitutional issues over that, and I, and I went to church yesterday. I usually I usually go on Saturday night. Because uh, it's just easier for me, but uh, that didn't get affected at all outside of the fact that churches were completely shut down for a while. Illinois is one of the most draconian states in the country, um, but we didn't have the death toll that they did in New York or uh, Michigan. Uh, I'll give I'll give Kritzker some credit. He 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 might be a jerk, but uh, he is not uh, as stupid as as uh, Cuomo, where he was sticking sick people in the old folks' homes. So credit for it's due. Uh, he didn't do that. But Chicago's a basket case. And, and uh, I, I, I've done some traveling. I, we've, been, we've been kind of fortunate in that way. I, I, the only state I'm aware of that has, like, a quarantine for, like, 14 days is New York. Okay. So you can, you can travel interstate? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've been up. I, I went to uh, uh, Wisconsin a couple times with my brother Chris uh, over over business. Uh, now my thing is is that uh, I haven't worked since the fifteenth, and uh, well, I what am I going to do? I my doctor uh, doesn't want me teaching the kids because they they like I say they they're potentially hazardous. 
Uh, and and it's not their fault. I mean, you know, they're 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 who they are. You know, I I, I can't do that um, just because of the of the of the risk involved. So I'm looking at maybe doing something else. I I uh, I'm loosely trying to put together a book uh, with uh, some of the time I've got. I, I've been uh, I've been well. You you've heard me talk before about uh, how I think that uh, prophecy needs to be re reexamined because uh, I don't think the Hal Lindsey uh, version is coming about. I think it's I think it's going to be quite otherwise. So, so I've been doing that, and uh, I, I was going to school, but I, I can't afford it now. I, I just for a while there, I was making some extra money uh, because the government was giving us uh, a stimulus over here, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and together with my uh, unemployment, I was actually making more money sitting at home. Yeah, that you know, that's a that's a that's a very big thing here. Um, uh, some of the employers are, are complaining because they can't get people back to work because the stimulus, the stimulus and the, well, the rock and roll, the dole, they increased it. They actually, they actually doubled it here. And, um, so people were getting paid more to, to stay at home than they were to go to work. So a lot of the bosses were saying, um, we, we, we just can't get people to come back to work because they're all out there on the rock and roll and they're having a great time. They're sitting home playing PlayStation and uh, sinking stubbies. But um, what I was going to say is it's funny, the coronavirus, how it affects everything, even right down to the language. Now, I, I know all you guys know, um, and especially Cruzy will, will know this, how, um, you know, us Aussies have our, our own version of slang, you know. So, we you know, we suck on a ciggy. We throw back a tinny and we put smashed avo on our toast, right? But since the coronavirus has come along, we've got some new words. We've got some new words. You followed that, didn't you? You knew what each one of them meant, Andy? Sure. Yeah, sure. Well, we've got a whole whole range of new words that have been um, in, come into our language since the coronavirus. So now we have sani for hand sanitizer. <laughs> <laughs> we, That's good. Yeah, we've got in ISO for self-isolation or lockdown. We've got the Rona. Well, you know what the Rona is. It's the coronavirus. And we've got this one. We've got the magpie, okay? Now, magpie is a supermarket hoarder, right? Because the magpies, you know, they swoop down and they grab the shiny <laughs> things, right? And they hoard them, right? So then, now the trick is, right, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, the trick is to try and use all our new self-isolation words in one sentence. So, let me try this out, right? I'm going to try this. We've got Sani, in ISO, we've got the Rona, the Rona, and we've got the Magpie. So I'm going to try and put together an Aussie sentence for you, right? Okay, so me boss tested Posse for the Rona. So now I'm going to pop down to Woolies for some Sani, but it's been beep magpied because it's, <laughs> it's been bloody magpied, but I shouldn't say that. The shopping centre's been magpied. All right. Anyway, so let's move on from that silliness. Can I just add in a little thing about a magpie, if it is the kind of thing that I'm thinking of? Because remember, we were talking about toilet paper earlier and just like the yeah. availability of toilet paper. And I do remember, I'm sure, in one of uh, President Ramaphosa's speeches, he was urging people, please, please. He was urging them in the nicest possible way not to be ridiculous over toilet paper. But I remember going into the shop. It was, in, mm. it was in like level five, so we had like really, really strict uh, 
kind of lockdown rules and da 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 da. And I remember going to the shop and there was this lady in the front of me with a huge shopping trolley. So I never ever use a trolley ever. I just have like a little basket. Do you know what I mean? Because it's just me, so <laughs> it's easy. But she had a huge trolley and it was packed full. I mean, it was actually overflowing with bread. And I just thought, <laughs> first of all, if she's not going to actually include like some kind of unclogging device, it's going to be a problem <laughs> because to live on bread and that much bread is a serious problem. So I, I was just hoping it wasn't just going into her fridge and maybe she was getting it for, I don't know, a hospital or something. But, you know, it was just, I just thought, wow, I couldn't believe it. I've never seen someone buy so much of one product ever. So that's my magic. <laughs> Story. The bagpipe story. Well, we did have we did have the toilet paper issue here, right? The people were stripping the toilet paper off the shelves, and there was um, quite a few times when you go to the supermarket and there was none available, absolutely none, right? And right. The, we have, I think, three as well as importing it. We also have three major um, toilet paper manufacturers here in Australia, and one of them was put on the extra shift and they were running 24 hours, um, but they just couldn't keep up. It got so bad that um, people were um, getting to fistfights in the supermarket over toilet paper. And <laughs> in, yeah. yeah, and in New South Wales, um, there was a knife fight and someone even got stabbed because of the toilet paper thing. And then I was going to tell you that a, a number of people have been uh, arrested for not just, you know, running into the supermarket and running out with a handful of toilet paper, stealing it, but, I mean, commercial levels, you know, stealing commercial, like hitting warehouses full of toilet paper or, or just hitting the loading docks of the toilet paper. Um, so it was just so crazy here. No one wants to be without toilet paper. Don't get me wrong. We don't want to be without, without toilet paper. But if you think about it, what did our ancestors, well, even the near ones, only 150 years ago, what did they do without having their... Their twenty pack of toilet rolls from Woolies or whatever. What did they do? Like so, people are just going nuts. They're forgetting that. Like, like I say, it's nice to have toilet paper, but you could actually survive without it. Who started the whole thing? The, how did the? I can't even remember how did this whole toilet paper thing start. It all just that becomes a rumor, uh, doesn't it? It's like it, one it, person going, "Uh oh, yeah. we better get." Toilet I think paper somebody saw it. Yeah, because I think originally I saw it happening in the USA, and then everybody in the world sort yeah. of just. It, the stupidity just caught on. Um, because the logic behind it is, is really dumb. You know, the people, they go into lockdown. They're all trying to hoard toilet paper. I, w I, I would think that food is more important to hoard and, and yeah. things like that. Because you can go without toilet paper, but you can't go without food and water. Exactly. I'd go for and then the logic behind it just – I wonder if it's not the guys from the toilet paper companies that started the whole thing. I mean, surely you just say, okay, toilet paper manufacturers are now essential services. That's what you do. Yeah. You just decide, all right, let's just make them an essential service. But anyway, it, it was just interesting. I just thought, yeah, the craziness over that became crazy. And the other thing here that, I, I mean, we did, we had the army called in. I don't know if you, any of you guys did that, but we had the army called into areas um, that are more uh, vastly populated. So we really see it maybe here in, in the suburbs, but certainly in areas where there are masses of people. The army were called in to actually control mm -hmm. uh, the isolation rules. It was quite serious. And, um, yeah. I'm yeah. Um, well, I, 
I was going to ask you, Cliff, did you in in Illinois? I don't know about the rest of the United States, but in Illinois, did you experience the toilet paper rush, Cliff? Did it happen there? Oh, absolutely. Oh, it did. Okay. Matter of fact, uh, when we get, well, well, it was like all of a sudden there were certain items that people were just walking out of the store with, with huge shopping carts. They might take two or three carts, and uh, they didn't have limits. Uh, see, that that was the thing. They, they ended up putting limits on a lot of stuff later on. But but right away the initial uh, uh, shock of it all the things like uh, like purified water couldn't get it uh, you couldn't get uh, rice bread all those kind of things just flew off the shelf and and uh, I, I remember sitting here looking at mom and, and saying you know maybe I should go in and buy some toilet paper and she goes don't you dare because <laughs> we're, we're out in the country and we have a septic tank and she's like I get a special kind of toilet paper don't you worry about it <laughs> I was like okay <laughs> oh the look she gave me was like don't 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 mess with my toilet paper she <laughs> 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 was real clear about that uh, like okay <laughs> I, can, I can relate to that because we live out in the bush too so um yeah. we're, we're on septic as well so you can only use uh, particular types of toilet paper but um yeah but so cliff um was there mm-hmm. was there panic buying there for things like meat oh yeah yeah there were all kinds of things that, that you couldn't get i i would well one of the things that happened was is because uh I was unemployed. I was able to get what we call a link card. Uh, they, they used to call those food stamps <laughs> back in the day. And so I, I had a, I had all this uh, this spending money for uh, for food. It was really kind of cool. Um, they, they took it away from me because I'm making too much money on unemployment. <laughs> but, but I would go to the store and there wasn't anything to get. And all the meat was would be wiped out. You you couldn't get any toilet paper. Uh, I, I I just got a CPAP not too long ago, and and I I, I had to snatch up uh, distilled water as soon as I saw it, uh, and uh, and so you know I get I get three or four of them at a time just because uh, you couldn't get a sanitizer. You couldn't. Mom made her own. Okay. Which was really nice. Yeah. Uh, mom's always been good about you know doing herbal stuff, and, and uh, she she made this stuff and it, she put witch hazel in it, and it smelled so good, and, and it was like all right, and 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 I used that up real fast, and, uh, and I'm like on my third or fourth sanitizer now. Now the one that I had in my pocket, my suit jacket. When I was still working, I, I just I just wore it yesterday because the, the weather's changing here again, and it's getting cooler. And uh, so I put on a jacket, and, and, and I left the top open, and it's like a gel on the bottom now. <laughs> but uh, but I was using a sanitizer at work. Uh, like I say, there was a lot of fear there, and uh, and and that was one of my compromises i guess i i didn't want to bring it home to mom and and i didn't want to get it myself so i i used the sanitizer and uh tried to stay clean i and so i'm looking at my sanitizer from then and it's uh so it's evaporated <laughs> but, uh, you could, couldn't get that you still can't get uh those good uh uh bleach wipes from uh, uh i think it's lysol uh, there's a couple brands that uh, you still can't get because they fly off the shelf so fast. 
and and, and those got hit really hard. And, and you can still go into Walmart and you can still see that, you know, that there's like gaps, you know, in the place on, on certain items. But, but it was it was it was kind of weird. You know, it was like, man, you can't find rice. The prices went up on things like that. Yeah, that happened here, too. The rice, the rice disappeared here as well, um, but also the meat and the toilet paper. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. some some canned goods, and then they had to limit the canned yeah. goods. But, but um, uh, so can I just ask you, um, Andy, have you got the coffee pot going? Um, Chrissy's just finished the last of that. Okay. So we might have to get another lot going. I, I, was, just, I was just wondering because I, I know that, you know, Chrissy uh, runs on coffee, but um, sometimes... His eyes are not even flickering yet, so <laughs> I, it's like... <laughs> I, I oh, probably right five, five mugs of coffee before that starts happening. You know, I, I would have, I would have, Bill Gates and everybody would have been in big trouble if they said, oh, all right, coffee is now banned for the coronavirus period. I would have personally swum over to, is it swum or swam? Swimmed over to the USA and throttled anybody that threatened to, to ban the coffee due, due to the coronavirus. Do you know what was banned here? Well, there was a couple of things that were banned. Um, but the one thing that was banned was you couldn't go and buy any cooked food in a supermarket. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That was like no pies, no kind of like just quickly go and get some chips. You couldn't go to like a McDonald's or anything like that. So there was none of that open. So Andy, could you get a roast chook from somewhere? No. No roast chook. Can you imagine such a thing? That was just madness. I don't know how people could come home from a Sunday afternoon after church and not be able to pick up a roast chook on the way home. Well, they couldn't come home from church, number one, so yeah. that wasn't bad. But at the same time, you were going to have. It's just so much easier just to go and fetch a, a roast chicken or something from somewhere the, the than have to make it yourself. The fantastic thing about this was um, they also... For a long time, they banned the sale of alcohol. And to African, that's very similar to, to the way Aussie thinks about it. If you ban alcohol, it's like the whole world's collapsing. Um, so people started making pineapple beer and gin. and um, <laughs> died from it, actually. Yeah, they, yeah. they started. Every, every second guy had some kind of thing cooking in the kitchen. Brewing, some kind of brewing thing. Yeah. And it was, no. it was just, it was actually quite genius, but yeah. If any supermarkets were broken into, it would, but would have been probably bottle stores. Yeah, they more raided than, a few. Yeah, yeah more because, than food. It was about bottle stores mm. getting raided because of the, the lockdown rules. So there was, there was a, there was no sale of alcohol and no sale of cigarettes. So <laughs> those two oh. things went up the window. Okay, so that's. No cigarettes, no Ooh, alcohol. I'm glad I quit smoking. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> the government's thinking behind that was that that those two are are two things that leads to a sort of social environment that brings people together. Yeah. So that yeah. if you buy booze, there's normally a group of friends together. So that was their rationale. Um, All leading to violence. So that was the other thing yeah. too. Um, I read one like um, nurse's account of like a Friday night or weekends at a at a hospital. And they were saying that with the ban, the alcohol ban especially, um, it just meant that there were more beds available because there was, you know, if there's any kind of domestic violence or mm. stuff like that, it often comes as a result of 
and drug drivers. Abuse of alcohol, they'd say. What I was going to say is that, um, uh, going to the alcohol thing, Grizzy, and you know how we are about the grog over here. One of the complaints was here that several things got closed down for a while there when it got locked down tight. So you couldn't go and get a haircut and uh, you couldn't go into a restaurant and have a meal, but you could go to the bottle shop and come out with, you know, a trolley full of grog. So people were saying, well, what's going on there? It's, it doesn't make sense. But now one yeah. one anecdotal story that I can tell you that um, at the moment um, here where I, I am, you're allowed to have um, up to 10 visitors in your house at the moment. But there was a time there when um, you were only allowed to have two people come to your house to visit, right? Uh, so, you know, each state was different and there was different times. It was different amounts of people allowed to come to your house or different times you're allowed to be out, out you know, out with other people. It, it just it was a bit confusing. But uh, one guy I know, he he. so when, when it was down to just a couple of people, you're only allowed a couple of people in your house. One guy I know, he drives a, a, a maxi taxi. So that's one of the big 10 seater cabs. And he told me what people were doing to get around that when they wanted to have a party is he said, I'd get a phone call and I'd be, have to pick up these um, 10 people from um, these different locations because they're only allowed two at a time, right? But he'd pick up these 10 people and he said, next minute I'm driving along and they bust out the grog and they'd have a party in the back of the cab. And I worked out that what they were doing was they were using my cab as a place to have a, have a party where they could, you know, where the where the cops weren't going to, you know, knock on the, you know, window and say, excuse me, how many people you got in your house? Because we were on the move. And um, <laughs> I said to him, why? Well, obviously you're not allowed to drink in your cab. Why didn't you throw them out? He said because they were great fares. Um, <laughs> and, and, um, wow. and let me not disappoint you guys. Just to give the African perspective on this, we got a 500. How much 500 billion package uh, for COVID relief, which uh, our wonderful government has just lost. It's just all disappeared. So staying true to African governance, uh, all of it, I think pretty much all of it, right, Annie? I'm not sure. She might know the exact figure, but I mean, it just all disappeared. Um, Nobody seems to know where it's gone. The the wonderful news is our ANC uh, government that actually sort of did the stealing, uh, <laughs> itself to, to investigate the matter. Um, so they investigate themselves to find out, you know, what happened. Well, that's how it's generally, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's how, yeah, that's what happened. So, yeah, you investigate yourself. That's always so, the way yeah. to do it. So we did have a stimulus package, Quite but wide. just disappeared. Um, there's been, actually, there's, yeah, there's been quite a lot of, like, reports of um, – it's a tender fraud. So there were a number of, of people that mm. were already looking at, um, what did they call it? Um, the protective gear and stuff, like mm. masks and whatever. But they were already kind of, you know, getting tenders before the lockdown even happened. In fact. So, yeah, there's quite a lot of investigations into that. Yeah. Um, and also and then, into substandard quality mm. and all of that kind of thing. Because, Most yeah, government, government, families of government members that got the tenders, and uh, there was also a story about one guy that's been dead for two years that also got a government tender. That was fantastic. He's obviously doing great business beyond the grave. It's amazing. Um, so there's always the ingenious. I mean, that's like a little bit like a taxi story because that's really what it is. They're kind of thinking out the box, right? They're going, well, can't have grog at home. <laughs> so yeah. next best thing is we can have a party in the taxi. We can have a party in the taxi and just drive around all night. <laughs> Calling us a banana republic is actually being an optimist because we ain't got no bananas left. They stole them. <laughs> no more. <laughs> so 
say, Cliff, I was going to ask you, did they did they stop alcohol sales in Illinois? Or no. Could you... No, they did. They didn't across the whole country. Uh, in fact, that was kind of the joke uh, was that uh, you couldn't go to church, but the the, uh, the alcohol. As long as you were buying alcohol, lottery tickets, and uh, legal dope, uh, you were fine. And so, in, in Illinois, is uh, one of the states that sells marijuana, and so that, that's that's been one of the running jokes here for for quite a while now. Um, but you can't go to church. Don't go to church. I, I'm really coming to that conclusion. <coughs> Sorry, I haven't got the corona cough. Sorry, guys. Hang on. Oh, that's <laughs> you know, everybody gets really paranoid when they hear somebody cough. I know. I know. I was I, I was talking to I was talking to a mate of mine the other other now he's a guy I wouldn't mind visiting, but he's across the border uh, in New South Wales. When I was talking to him on the phone the other night, and he said, you know, he said, do you, you notice when you if in the supermarket if anybody coughs, everybody all the heads turn around, you know. And he said, and even yeah. if he said, even if they're a couple aisles away, heads go up, you know, they're like ostriches looking around everywhere, like, you know, where's that cough coming from? So it's done, it's, it's done all of these different things to us, hasn't it? It's brought, like, like I told you before, it's brought sort of new, uh, words into the, uh, the Aussie vocab, and I'm sure it has elsewhere. Um, no, I, I, I was just going to say, I, I heard a story, um, while Cliff was talking, I heard a story about Chicago. It's apparently so rough now. If you go into a pub in, in Chicago, they ask you at the door, have you got a gun? If you say no, they give you one. Uh, <laughs> apparently, it's getting into that part of the in Chicago has the most draconian gun laws in the whole country. And, that's and it's really working well for you guys. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. You're not supposed to have a gun in Chicago, but, but boy, they, they use a lot of them up there. It's, it's magic how that happens. <laughs> You know, we, we have a word over here that we're using a lot. You know the word Karen? Uh, yeah. Well, it's it's uh, the the idea of the privileged woman that uh, must see the manager. She always goes over your head and stuff, and she'll turn you in, too. You, I, you I know what? with one the other day, uh, just going to the gas station. I went to the gas station and got some gas, and I went in to get a get a coffee. And this woman's like, you need to put on a mask to go in here. Like, Okay. Yeah. And she goes, it's the law. It's like, no, it's not the law. It's the governor's edict, but it's not the law. She goes, it's a law. It's like, no, it's not. If <laughs> people I, conflate this uh, power of the governors, I mean, they've become they've become these incredible little dictators overnight over here. It's it's just really alarming. But the Karens, they 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 hector you about your math and and among other things and uh, that's that's uh, that's become a really big word these days. Uh, not, not, the lefties want to make it all racial, but this this woman that was doing that, she was black. <laughs> Which I, and, and I almost called her Karen, and I bit my tongue. <laughs> I really did. I bit my tongue. It's like I was gonna say, I'm gonna put it on, Karen. Okay, just leave me alone. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't go there. I, I just like okay. I just kind of smiled anyway. I was yeah. just going to say, um, I, on behalf of all South Africans, I'm going to lay claim to the fact that I think we started that whole thing because that's been a running joke. I lived in Joburg for many years, and this is at least ten years ago already. That's been a running joke for many years already. The the car and, and especially the car and haircut. Um, mm. 
Yeah, yeah. We used to have a different word for it. Um, you, you probably, you're probably going to have to cut this part out, but we used to call it the bitch cut. Um, <laughs> saw a woman with this, with a, with this, um, hair hanging over the side, the short, short hair, almost like a, uh, what was that woman from, uh, uh, like short hair, just, you know, we used to call her, I don't think we used to call her Karen, but we used to call it the bitch cut. And then there was always this running joke. It's got that haircut, then, uh, expect trouble. She's going to ask for the manager. And that's been a running joke for 10 plus years in South Africa. It's also a very South African name in a, in a way, the, the Karen thing. Right. Um, the Santa, Santa Nomis, you know, that's so, um, Lani, you know, it's, it, it comes from there. Lani is a word you guys don't know. I'm sorry. That means, um, no, what's Lani? I'm, uh, I'm sure that Jean knows the word Lani. Um, don't you? Something very poncy. Fancy and posh. Oh, posh. Okay. All right. I just got to mention. Oh, sorry. Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton has got that haircut. I'm just saying. I'm not judging. Yeah. I'm just saying she's got the haircut. I'm sure she says I want to speak to the manager a lot. <laughs> you know she does. Uh, actually, Pelosi has also got that same haircut. And Harris. <laughs> I'm having a look now. Keep going. <laughs> um, get that haircut. Maybe I should get that haircut. Exactly. If, if you if you if you picture the uh, what's that love and marriage what was that TV series um, hmm. with Al Bundy? Um, married yeah, with children. Yeah. Married with children. Yeah. The, neighbor, the neighbor lady. She yeah. she had she had that cut, the yeah, coronary yeah, yeah. coronary coronary cut. I know the one you mean. Now I'm looking at it. Yep. But she yeah. but she wasn't actually of a bank. But she had that. She was a, she was a proper coroner. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at the bright side. You could be married to Hillary, so <laughs> I'll always get worse. Yeah, the, the, one of my favorite memes has a has a, a Bill saying. Now she's home all the time. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I was going to say, it's oh, quite interesting how, um, how some companies have done so well. Like I was saying to Chrissy earlier, like, mm. I think if you were, let's just say something like Netflix anything online where streaming was necessary. <laughs> well, they did they do well for a while. Quite a bit of money. But they've tanked lately. I have they tanked. Well, that's probably because I really... Yes, because of the PT's movie. Oh, right, yes. So, um, yeah, so those kind of those kind of things, like anything online, I sorry, should you imagine guys, has been... You guys do know, sorry to talk over you, I was just going to say, do you guys know what the term tanked means? Yeah. The what? The tanks. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Oh, okay. Just no, just checking because <laughs> sometimes the sometimes you're not sure whether the slang goes over everywhere. Yes. It's not like we invented the language or anything. We just stole it from the Brits. Yeah. Fair and square. Yeah. And the Dutch. It's not forget. Mm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, we all did. <laughs> yeah, and then we all, you know, added our own touches to it. Yeah. yeah, okay, so thinking of things like that then, um, Andy, you know, winners and losers, um, well, no, I mentioned it earlier, um, that there are there have been some winners out of this and there have been some losers. So, you know, we've got to remember the people that have lost their jobs and lost their hours. But a lot of people have done, done really well. Now, one of the industries that I know personally, because I know a couple of them that have done really well, have been the cab drivers. 
they're making a fortune because people that don't have cars don't want to take public transport. So the taxi drivers apparently are very busy. So there's things like that um, that, yeah. that you don't think of unless you know, unless you know someone, if you know what I'm trying trying to say. I suppose, I mean, here, look, I mean, we had some really, really strict rules. That at one point, there was no taxi drivers, right? Mm. We would really? have not been yeah. able any of Oh. No, uh, even not even yeah. um, more than what? How many people and, in a car? It was a really, really, really yeah, uh, serious than, thing. No of our little minibuses. Think about that for mm. a moment. And then all of a sudden when they were banning the uh, – obviously just let's not talk about churches as just churches because there was a, a whole kind of thing that came out where people were saying, look, this is – I know I saw one um, – kind of meme that was going around where they were saying this is just against the churches and they, they're deliberately doing this just against the churches. But actually it was everything because it affected sport, it affected, you know, any kind of public gathering of whatever it was. So, you know, and it affected anyone really in that way. That's why I crazy lost and, and and also think about it. So, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Because yeah, that was a whole lot of people coming together yeah. and sport and stuff. So you know, so at the end of the day, with the taxis, the weird thing was, and this was probably back two levels ago, because now we are level mm. one, so let's say level three, when taxis now were allowed to operate more. Um, I think at one point they they were there was nothing, and then there was like only 50% capacity, and then all of a sudden it went to 100% capacity, but must have a mask, must have you know mm. all those kind of sanitization rules. Mm. Um, and then we were going, but hang on a minute, we can't, we still can't even, uh, send kids to school or to do any other kind of, you know, gathering. And people obviously who were dying, I mean, they were dying in hospitals alone. Their own families couldn't go and visit yeah. them. So, um, there was quite an outcry saying, well, how can you have full capacity taxis, but you won't allow one person to go and visit someone who's on their own in hospital and must be very, So those kind of things were really like odd discrepancies uh, here, especially. I don't know how they affected you guys, but it was definitely something. But back to your original question, which was like, you know, maybe the online thing. The one thing I did notice is just how people did attempt to adapt. So those who could did adapt. And even like with Parliament, the interesting thing was that obviously, like if we have our lower house, which is how most people know it, um, which is our National Assembly, but our lower house has got a capacity, I think it's about 400 people, so there was no way they could meet, and then obviously you've got all your committees and all of that, so they couldn't meet either, so Zoom has been doing exceptionally well, Um, I'm quite sure they've made (laughs) a lot of money in the lockdown, because Everything went onto Zoom or kind of what is it, Google Meets or something like that. Mm. And so, yeah, so the whole of Parliament has been run off of that. They've been streaming every single thing. And um, it's been a really interesting process to see how adaptation has taken place. It might not be perfect, but I think it has been interesting to see just how we do have the ability to adapt, well, even when it's so difficult. You know, on, Online shopping has spiked. I yeah. was checking the, start, oh, the, yeah. the yeah. stats on that. Online shopping has increased, and I don't think it's ever going to decrease again uh, since pe- people got used to it. But I just wanted to mention one thing. Uh, I think Chico uh, was saying about uh, um, they were allowed to have two two visitors at home. I think we were even more strict. We weren't allowed no, any no, visitors. No, no, no visitors. Outside of your own family. 
staying with you. Yeah, we were now. Yeah, only if people were staying with you, but not if you wanted to go and visit your own brother, you couldn't do that. In we, fact, it's only now, by the way, it's only yeah. now in, in level one that we're now allowed to do that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I know that I, yeah, I couldn't even go and see my mom. I haven't seen her mm. since end of January. Nervous so it's now. been really, really hard, yeah. So, but then, you know, what also happened that I thought was rather quite interesting, at least for me, was that we, you know, because I, I mean, I've got sisters in the UK, I've got, um, you know, family kind of all over the show. And um, we, I might not have been in touch with them much. All of a sudden, we were in touch all the time. And just over like WhatsApp and sending stupid, silly videos and having a laugh, having a giggle. How are you? How's everything? Are you okay? It somehow brought us, you know, actually closer together. So in a way, that's also positive for me personally that came out of it. Back to you, G. Oh, yes. Hello, I'm back. Um... Oh, hello. Oh, there he is. I just thought maybe he went to go and grow he some. He went to make some tea. Oh, I thought he went to go and grow some, some rooibos. 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 What do you say? What do you say? I think you'll have to send some rooibos plants so they can plant it in Australia that and become nice. a rich. I wonder if you'd be allowed to. I hope you put a in there and a bit of honey. Well, how are you, how are you drinking that rooibos? Um, sometimes with honey, actually, because I, I don't mind honey in my normal tea anyway, you know, my black tea. So, uh, yeah, sometimes with honey. You guys do it with honey there, don't you? I suppose so, yeah. I like lemon in it, like a squeeze of lemon. It's quite nice. Bit of mint, very nice. Honey, very nice. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Hot up whiskey. No, I'm kidding. I thought it was brandy. What's that brandy? Oh, I don't care. <laughs> he doesn't care. It's not the <laughs> Actually, no, I was just joking. You can't, you can't mess up the key. Uh, the key now, where do I fall from? Where, you can't mess up tea like where that. Where do you fall from, really? You just put milk in it. You don't put cream in it like the Americans do. That's, that's wrong. Yeah, the cream thing I've never quite understood. <laughs> yeah, the Americans love their coffee with cream and everything. We don't, we just don't do that here. It's very unusual. Everybody just drinks milk in their coffee and that's it. Oh, yeah, uh, let's not even I, I put creamer and uh, sweetener in mine. I, I try to stay away from sugar anymore, but uh, but but I never do that with my tea. I, I drink my tea straight up. What did David Bowie say? He said, "They do it over there, but we don't do it here." Fa 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 fashion. <laughs> wow! Wow! That's yeah. all another day, right, Yes. And that's our music break. I'm laughing on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that's getting cut. I'll just let you know. <laughs> no. Oh, that, was, that was the funniest thing that happened. Okay, today. and out. Do you know what, Chica? You, you, I don't know how you're going to take this, but you're still a better singer than David Bowie. <laughs> I take it as a compliment or as an insult, any way you want to. I reckon it's a compliment. There you go. <laughs> I think. Cliff is going to be, be very upset because it's uh, he likes his music, so <laughs> I can't joke about things like that. <laughs> With you two guys. <laughs> oh, I love I love my music too. Yeah, yeah, you know that. But yeah, yeah. I've insulted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the one thing we have in common is that we both enjoy Fleetwood Mac. See, Cruzy, there you go. Um, Here we go. Plus. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a big plus. I think what's so funny now we're talking about music and stuff. What's really funny about that was just I think when this first thing happened, 
I don't know why, but there is that song that just went through my head immediately. Yeah. You know, when everyone's talking about Corona, Corona, Corona. My Sharona. And all I could think was my Sharona. That yeah. is all. I just thought that is gonna that is coming out tomorrow. You know, anyone who's a muso is gonna pull that song in there and it's not gonna be my Corona. So there was there was um it did. I mean it's just it just had to happen. I um I expected it and I just had that song in my head the whole time. So I know that there was this one little thing that happened after one of our presidential uh, addresses, um, which was normally just to say that we're going to remain at level some, something or to tell us that something else was going to come in or go out or whatever. But it was one of the earlier ones, and he was really just trying to, I guess, speak so at first, I think in that particular dress, he was wearing a mask, and obviously you can't hear what he's saying, so then he took it off. Um, and so there was, yeah, it was it was definitely early days. And then right at the very end, he just said, oh, I think we were going to go down a level or something like that. They said, said it was level five to level four. And he was trying to just emphasize the need to wear masks and to just, you know, stay cautious and blah, 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 blah. And so right at the very end, he kind of says goodbye, God bless South Africa, or whatever he said. And then he attempted to put his mask on just by way of, you know, showing us, I guess. Um, but he ended up putting it over his nose and his eyes, um, not his mouth. <laughs> but he was really struggling with it. And I, I really felt for him because, honestly, that was a crawl under the table kind of um, thing. And it was live. And he took it so, so, so well, but I just knew the memes were going to fly. You know, by the next day, I knew it. It was going to be every meme under the sun with him with the mask over his eyes. And, of course, that, that is exactly what happened. And at least he could he could take it really well, and he, he did make very light of it. But the one song that came out with that little thing. No, well, there was the My Sharona one. I think I, I shared that one with, with G. But that was the elbow greeting, wasn't it? It was the elbow greeting. So that came out. There was this little song that came out with My uh, my Corona. And he was showing everyone how to do the elbow greeting. So, and not only the elbow greeting, but also to sneeze and cough into your elbow. And I can't imagine doing that and then greeting someone with that same album. It makes no sense. But anyway, she thought it was a great idea. And so that's that has been uh, – we used to have the Zuma dance, but now we've got the elbow greeting dance by our new president, uh, Ramaphosa. I, th- I think what we might try and do, Andy, is we'll try and track both of those um, videos down and we'll put them in the show notes because the – um, the one where the president's trying to put his mask on, it's hilarious. Now, I do feel for him, like you said, and he took it really well, but it's worth seeing. And the little tiny, it's a little tiny short video on um, doing the elbow bump, but it's to the yeah, My Serona tune. So we'll try and put those in the show notes because uh, I think they're th- worth looking at um, since we've mentioned them because they are very visual and you will, you will get a laugh out of it. And encourage the elbow greeting rather, which is this. Shaking hands. Um, so, Cliff, do you did you have a funny meme that that you've seen since the? Well, one of the one of the memes that uh, keeps coming up is uh, the uh, the the mask with uh, Biden because you know he's 
he's probably got Alzheimer's. And and so he, he you know, they, they have it like putting it over his over his eyes and sometimes it's a jock strap. <laughs> just, just all kinds of goofiness. And and one of one of one of them has him wearing a jock strap over his eyes and he's like he says, Corn Pop, is that you? Which goes back to a story he told that nobody really understands why he even told it. It was just bizarre. So, so since Andy's just talked about the their president and you you're talking about your um presidential nominee, I will tell you one thing. Um, one of the things that's come out of ours uh, very early on in the lockdown, our prime minister, um, they asked him um, how, how things were going at home, what he was doing at home. And um, he said, I think he said, um, I, I told my wife she better go out and buy a stack of um, jigsaw puzzles. So what's happened is now that that jigsaw puzzle sort of theme or meme has come into uh, even into advertising. I was watching telly the other day. And there was this um, advertisement for online gambling, and it said um, something <laughs> along the lines, we're back, you can put the puzzles away. <laughs> <laughs> and so, because, you know, every Australian knew what they were getting at. You didn't have to have the jigsaw puzzles anymore, because now you can do online gambling, you know, so it's just that thing. But So, um, Cruzy, a funny meme for you in the, the since the corona? Um, okay. I'm going to sidetrack a bit here. I haven't got a funny meme, but I've got a very serious meme that that was probably one of the most important things that happened during this whole COVID thing. So it's a serious meme coming from me. That's 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 serious. Yes, I'm making it serious now. Um, everybody was talking about who's essential workers and who wasn't essential workers, and I saw this one meme that said. Um, every job that puts food on the table is essential. And I think that's the the best one I've seen and, and the most thought-provoking one. So, so everybody is essential if you put food on the table. The closest we get to a non-essential worker is a politician, but let's <laughs> not go there. Don't get me started because me and Cliff will just keep on talking for hours about that. Anyways. That's my meaning. All right. Well, anyway, okay. So I think we'll we'll leave it there, guys. Um, so thanks for joining me. Um, it's been good to have the crew back together, and we'll have to do it again soon. Um, it's uh, it's been a good laugh, and it, it sort of reminds me of the good old days, and we used to do this a fair bit. So we'll have to do it again soon. Let's hope that we don't have to do another Corona show. I just want this thing over and done with. So it's good night from me, and it's good night from him. Over to you, Andy. <laughs> Well, it's good afternoon from me. I don't know about you, Cruzy. I'm a daylight savings, personally. So it's good evening from me. Ah, there we go. In Cruzy Land. (laughs) (laughs) It's good morning. Nice speaking to you guys again. Cliffy's got the whole day ahead of him still. Uh, We've lost contact with him, so thankfully we got through what we had to get through. Yeah. Thank you for filling in the gaps there. <laughs> I thought I'd just add that in there. Popped 